0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Luke. After his baptism, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit for forty days in the wilderness, tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing in those days. (coughs) And when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil (coughs) said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been been delivered to me, and I give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it shall be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will give His angels charge of you to guard you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, Returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. From Luke's Gospel, in the name of the living God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Well, it's everyone's favorite season of the year, right? The season of Lent? No? That's not our favorite season? How about the second favorite season? Is it that? Probably not that either. You know, last Wednesday when we started Lent, we talked about that it's a season of faithfulness. It's a season where we rededicate our lives to Jesus Christ. A season where we look at God and we look at the world, and we decide which one is more important. After our Ash Wednesday service the other day, the youth began our Bible study on uh, the Book of Revelation, and we read this. We this comes from the letter written to the church in Ephesus, and Jesus says to them, "I know your deeds." your hard work, and your perseverance. So far, so good. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked men, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have preserved and have endured hardship for my name and have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken your first love. Repent and do the things you did at first. It's interesting that Jesus began his earthly ministry saying, Repent and believe in the good news. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Return to the Lord. Do not forsake your first love. Sixty years after that, the church in Ephesus hears that same message. Two thousand years later, we, as members of the same church, hear that same message. Lent is a season of repentance. Of returning to our first love Jesus Christ we mark these 40 days to prepare for the death and resurrection of Jesus and we just read how Jesus himself spent 40 days preparing for his ministry a ministry that leads to his death on the cross and his glorious and triumphant resurrection so we too following the example of our Savior Jesus Christ Enter into a 40-day period of preparation, 40-day period of faithfulness. Taken from the example of Jesus and the wilderness, then, here's how we can be faithful. First, we must be filled with the Holy Spirit. Our gospel reading starts out, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the, in the desert the world, the flesh, the devil, temptations. These are too hard for us to overcome on our own. We can't do it. We won't do it. Thanks be to God that we have the Holy Spirit. The same Spirit of Jesus Christ is living in every baptized member of the church. That is our first and our greatest advantage in living the Christian life. That it's the Holy Spirit working in us to form in us into to the very likeness of Jesus Christ. That's why we're able to call each other's brothers and sisters, because the Spirit given to us at baptism adopts us as children of the Most High. That's why St. Paul is able to write, I have been crucified with Christ. I have been put to death, to death with him. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That makes no sense Unless the Spirit of Christ is given to us at baptism, and since the Holy Spirit is given to us, how exactly are we treating Him? Do we forget that it is a, it is the Spirit that guides and directs us into all truth and all goodness? Do we sometimes forget that He's there, calling in calling us into greater love for God and to service to one another? Do we sometimes tell Him to, to be quiet? or just completely ignore him. My brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit is our great comforter. He's there to tell us what's right and what's wrong, to lead our hearts in the love of God, and even to challenge us to become more united with Jesus Christ. This season of Lent, know that the Spirit of God is living and active within you. Listen to his promptings, and then respond. Second, to keep us faithful, we must fast from worldly things. In the 40 days Jesus spent in the wilderness, he fasted. When Jesus gave his Sermon on the Mount, he said, When you fast, clearly he expects his followers to fast. So, why? Why this expectation? I mean, in the Christian faith, we say that creation is good, so why do we fast? Simply, we fast so we are not mastered by creation. Again, coming from the Sermon of the Mount, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. Fasting means that we willingly give up or cut back on something because we recognize, we confess that Jesus is the one true master. And fasting can take many different forms. We have the liberty to choose what we would like to abstain from or to cut back from. I know some people like to abstain from chocolate or Dr. Pepper. (laughs) Some people like to cut back on eating out. But fasting doesn't necessarily revolve around food or drinks or even material things. Maybe during the season you would like to fast from gossip or lying, even those small lies. Maybe you would like to fast from sarcasm. I remember one year in college, when after reading a book of James, the Holy Spirit convicted me of the power of the tongue. So I began Lent with a day of silence. And then throughout Lent, I gave up cussing and insulting people. And that last one was a a bit harder than I care to admit. (laughs) The idea was and is that I would give up something in recognition that Jesus is the Lord and master of my life. So during Lent, Jesus and the church ask us to willingly give up or cut back on something that will not save us, to fast from creation so we can improve our relationship with the Creator, to practice the the discipline of self-denial, so that Christ can more visibly live in us. This season of Lent, what have you decided to give up or cut back on? And in so doing, how will that make you a better disciple of Jesus Christ? Third, in our faithfulness, while we fast from some things, we also feast on other things, namely the Word of God. Traditionally, the Word of God is the designation of Jesus Christ. And we are called to feast on Jesus during Lent. When I was about 11 or 12 years old, and it was a a couple days before Lent started, I came up to my parents and I I told them, so I've decided what I'm giving up for Lent. And they looked a little proud, like maybe something they were teaching is actually sticking. And they said, yeah, that's great, Mark. What what are you giving up? I had this little smirk on my face as I informed them, I'm giving up church. (laughs) Of course, that's not how it played out during Lent. And it seems ridiculous now because it's the complete opposite of Lent. During this season, we are called to feast on the Word of God, on Jesus Christ himself, and he gives himself in the Sunday worship. From John's Gospel, Jesus says, I tell you the truth, I am the living bread that came from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh which I will give the life of the world. We can fast from a number of different things during Lent, but we can't neglect the feast of the wedding banquet that is prepared for us. Feasting on the Word of God, Jesus Christ himself, and the words of Holy Scripture. If you look back on our Gospel reading, Jesus defeats Satan. He overcomes temptation. How does Jesus call upon the army of angels? Does he argue with Satan? Does he compromise with Satan? No. Jesus uses scripture. In battling all three temptations, our Lord uses scripture as his defense. And what's more than that, he knew how to use scripture. Because here's what's interesting about this story. Satan uses scripture too. Did y'all catch that? But Satan doesn't use scripture in the right way. And there is a world of difference. During lunch, we are called to feast on scripture. As the prayer book says, to read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest scripture, that we may embrace and ever hold fast to the hope of everlasting life. If it's life that we want, if it's everlasting life we desire, then we must feast on the word of God here at his altar and on the written word. So this Lent, what, is scripture, what role does scripture play for you? Are you reading daily or even just once a week, maybe three times a week? What plan are you putting in place to feast on the word of God? Now brothers and sisters, I invite you into the season of faithfulness. And I would even encourage you to write down a Lenten plan or or Lenten goals. How will you cooperate with the Holy Spirit? What will you fast from? And how will you feast on the word of God? All of that for the glory of God, who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen.